clap for that. That is awesome. <laughs> well, you guys can have a seat. Sorry, that was Tara. <laughs> well, we introduced ourselves. My name is Eric and this is Tara and we are both part of the lead team here at Centerway. And before we move on, I just wanted to say again, uh, Congratulations, those girls did an incredible job. And what you, well, yeah, we could clap for that too. The reason I bring it up, though, is what you might not know is that there was a couple things that needed to be adjusted on the fly. A few people were sick that had practiced a couple days prior, and so they had to shift some things around in the fly. So uh, really, really good job. Great job, ladies. Really proud of you. Sorry. <laughs> All right, guys, we're so glad you're here. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I'm trying to figure out what you're bringing in my life. Um, we just want to welcome everybody who's here. Um, we want to welcome everybody who's watching. We value generations, we love doing life together, and we gather at 10 a.m. at 
10 a.m. on Sundays. So if you do not have a home church and you're visiting today and that's something that you want to do, we definitely want you to come. I'm waiting because I'm too close to something. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely want you to come on Sundays. I don't want you to feel like that's not genuine. Yeah. That works. That, <laughs> maybe not for our online friends, but that would definitely work. And you can uh, check out our website for all the details about our services and everything. And as we walk through some things now, if you find that you have additional questions on anything uh, that may come up, feel free to visit the info center or the next steps area afterward. Or if you're here, uh, if you're here in person, you can do those things. But if you're not, you can definitely check out uh, our website if you're online. A few logistical notes before we move on further for guests. Anyone who's in the room who would like to share your information, you can fill out a card so that we can follow up with you. Uh, I promise we will not stalk you. It's not because we want to try to sell you anything. Uh, it's so that we can figure out a way to link arms and serve you in any way uh, that we can in this season of life that you're going through. Uh, everything um, that we'll do with that card is disclosed right on it. So if you fill that out, you can put it in the offering box at the end of our gathering on your way out. And we cannot say enough just how happy we are uh, uh, that you are here today. And if we can connect with you in any way, we are happy to do so. Yes, and on the screens are instructions for an app. Will you mute your mic? Just see if that... Nope? Okay. Um, on, your, on the screens are instructions for an app that we used called the YouTube version. It's called YouTube version. <laughs> U-version Bible app. Um, so if you want to share your information or give electronically, you can do that on that app. You can also follow along with the, the gathering tonight. Um, there's lots of other things that you can do on the U-version app. Um, if you are a regular attender and you plan to give today, you can give on the app. You can also uh, put uh, your tithe in the envelope and put it in the offering box. Um, or you can also go to the website. Yeah, and just a couple things uh, that we want to bring to uh, your attention as we wrap up 2023. There is no in-person gathering this Sunday on Christmas Eve, the 24th. So we encourage you to spend time with your family and friends and uh, enjoy that week together. Wow, I'm still moving pretty good. I'm going to go like this. <laughs> if you still like to hear a message that day, we'll just dance around the, uh, the stage and maybe one of these spots will work here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if you still want to hear a message on that day, maybe you're someone that says, I need to hear a message on Sunday, uh, there will be a replay of this time together here uh, at, uh, on our online platform at 10 a.m. You can enjoy a special devotional video as well, or you can ask us all of the messages messages from this series, um, as well as our entire series archive is right there on our website. Oh, man. Every time we do this together, something goes. It's amazing. It's like the spirit shows up. Isn't that, isn't that fantastic? <laughs> uh, so we're going to be gathering to let you know uh, next in person on uh, New Year's Eve, Sunday the 31st. So you can come and join us for that. We're going to have some New Year's uh, activities to start later that day. Uh, there is Fun no activities. Yeah, absolutely. And whatever <laughs> word that means, uh, uh, that's what's going to happen, I promise. <laughs> there is no better place as we close out 2023. Uh, to, to spend time then right here uh, in God's house and anticipate 2024 together. So we're looking forward to seeing you in person or online on the 31st. Awesome. So... 
Oh, Are you one more thing. What to expect? Yeah, I will. I'll do that. Fine. You're gonna be in on that. <laughs> so here's what to expect for the rest of our gathering today. In a moment, we're going to see a video, uh, and then our kids are going to be coming up to sing. We're excited about that. Uh, after that, Claude will be sharing a brief message from the Bible, and then we're going to close out our In Light and Darkness series tonight uh, with uh, that we've been in uh, through the season of Advent. Uh, we're going to end our gathering with singing, and then afterward, we'd love for you to stay, enjoy some of the stuff at the cafe. There's a photo booth, more food, a hot chocolate, all that really good stuff. Um, And if you want to talk about next steps, that area is going to be available as well. Awesome. So before I invite the kids up, there's one thing that everybody needs to know. At Centeray, we value the generations and desire to equip every single person at every single age, from the youngest to the oldest. So on Sundays, our kids always hear a kid-friendly version of what you're hearing in here on a Sunday. And so it's really cool. They're influencers even now. So we get to sing Centerway Jingle Bells, which the kids absolutely love. So before the kids come up, let me just give you some instruction on how this will go. First, if there are any guests in the room tonight, if you are a kid and you are here and you're like, I don't know this song. First of all, the song is very familiar, so you can sing along with the tune. There will be words to help you, and we want to invite you to join us because we want you to be a part of it. And if worse comes to worst, you can just have fun and use a jingle bell. Super fun. Secondly, um, there will be a video playing as you you come up onto this stage, so make sure you come up really quietly and get your bell and then take your place without ringing it so that everybody can hear what's happening on the screen. Um, and so grown-ups, you can also sing along. The words will be up on the screens for you. And so now, without further ado, I would like to welcome my Centerway kids and every child in here to come on up and sing Jingle Bells, but come up quietly. How do sheep say Merry Christmas to each other? Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Where do you buy a Christmas gift for your pig? Uh, uh, Amazon. Uh, room? Uh, uh, Amazon. <laughs> what do you call a snowman who likes tropical vacations? Uh, a tropical zoo. <laughs> A puddle. <laughs> what do cars do? What cars do elves drive? Drive. Pull cars. I don't know. Drive like cars. Oh, yes. Smart cars. Or like hot wheels. Toyotas. What do you call Santa when he takes a break? He's not a baby. Santa Paws. Oh. Wait, what? Santa Paws? I don't... Oh, what do you call Paws. Santa when he takes a break? Santa Paws. I don't know oh, what it is. Why is it so cold at Christmas? Uh, because it's 
December. <laughs> What's every parent's favorite Christmas carol? I don't know, like, Silent Night. Really? Really? I'm sure about that. Oh, what's Santa's favorite kind of Great job, kiddos. Can we have another round of applause for all of our Centerway kids? 
Now I'm going to see if I can keep your attention for any amount of time. <laughs> They're like, we rang a bell. Uh, hello, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Claude, and my wife Meredith and I are the lead pastors here at Centerway Church, and want to welcome you. Hope uh, you have an opportunity, if we have not met you and you're new tonight, uh, joining us for the first time, we'd love the opportunity to meet you, possibly get to know you. Um, I also want to say Merry Christmas. Thanks. Yeah, nice. It's, uh, it's, it's just amazing how the years fly by, right? Um, as you all know, or for those of you that have been journeying with us, uh, this is our Christmas gathering, and it's also the conclusion of our Advent series. Uh, and the Advent series is entitled, as Eric mentioned, In Light and Darkness. So tonight's talk, which will be brief, is entitled, We Celebrate. So in light and darkness, we celebrate. Easier said than done, obviously. Um, if you're interested, you can check out any of our previous talks on our website. As Eric had mentioned, I believe he mentioned it, uh, via podcast or video. But uh, for the premise of the series, just so you can kind of be with us if you haven't been with us and you understand where we're headed tonight, um, the premise is that as humans, Christian or not, follower of Jesus or not, um, we all experience seasons of joy, seasons of victory. We call these seasons seasons of light for the purpose of the series. And so we all experience those highs, if you will. And then we all also experience those lows, uh, those seasons of difficulty, struggle, seasons that we would refer to for the purpose of the series as seasons of darkness. So we have all been and will continue to be in seasons of light and seasons of darkness. That's just the reality of life. And so that's the, the premise of the series. And again, tonight's title is entitled, um, We Celebrate. So we celebrate whether we're in light or darkness. And you'll be able to track with me as we move along. Right now, I'm going to start off by just reading Ezra 6, verses 19, 19 through 22. You can follow along on version if you have that app. It's up there live or the screen's in front of us. And um, here we go. On the 14th day of the first month, the returned exiles kept the Passover. For the priests and the Levites had purified themselves together. All of them were clean. So they slaughtered the Passover lamb for all the returned exiles, for their fellow priests and for themselves. It was eaten by the people of Israel who had returned from exile and also by everyone who had joined them and separated himself from the uncleanness of the people of the land to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. And they kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy, for the Lord had made them joyful and had turned the heart of the king of Assyria to them so that he aided them in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. Now, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, that would be very difficult in my line of work. <laughs> but uh, if I was a betting man, I would bet that you've never come to a Christmas gathering and heard a reading from the book of Ezra. <laughs> It's not a typical Christmas text, but I think it's critical if you consider that the, entire, the entirety of Scripture is pointing to the truth of the gospel. The entirety of Scripture. And so we don't section off and cherry-pick verses for the purpose that serve our season or our tendency. Instead, we move through it faithfully. And we look at what it is that the Scripture is talking about. And what we see here is what we see in this series is that Ezra is pointing forward to the one who would ground and stabilize us in and through those inevitable peaks and valleys. 
And as we've journeyed together, we've discovered we don't have to be a a victim of our circumstances or our situation. And I know that when there's difficulty, it feels that way. Like we're just in the midst of it. It's not going to get better. And maybe you find yourself in one of those dark seasons as we go into the holidays. And if that's the case, as we head into Christmas, I'm grateful that you chose to be with us and that you risked um, coming into a place uh, where maybe you don't feel so festive, but you're around some people that probably do feel a little festive. And I want to start by um, sharing just a quick story with you. Um, The story is attached to uh, an earlier time in my life. Uh, I was living in Pennsylvania. Uh, I was on a college campus. I was going to college and um, we found bunnies. Uh, There were a lot of cats around the campus and a cat must have, um, you know, tore up their nest. And so I won't go into all the details for obvious reasons, (laughs) but there were some little bunnies in there and they were, you know, eyes closed, kind of cute little pink squirrely things. And they were squirming around. And so of course, uh, college students were ooing and aahing over it. And they're like, we need to do something. Like, what could we possibly do? And they're like, I'm going to raise the bunny. Like, you can't raise a bunny. Like, yes, we can. And so uh, two young ladies uh, took the bunnies. One took one and the other took the other. And everybody was excited. It was like the buzz of campus. We're raising bunnies, but don't tell anyone because we're not supposed to have animals on campus. <laughs> and uh, so they, uh, they started raising these bunnies. They had little droppers and they were giving it food. And it was just absolutely as absurd as you can imagine. Um, and they would go to the computer lab because all the way back then, when I went to college, you couldn't possibly afford a computer in your room. You had to go to a computer lab. It was a weird place where these squares were lined up. <laughs> anyway, you had to sign them out. There were never enough. It was weird. But they would go there to access this thing called the internet. And uh, it was amazing at the time. You could access things like how to raise a bunny in your dorm room. And so uh, they were investigating all this stuff. And the baby, the baby bunnies, are they called baby bunnies? I don't even know. There's probably a name for it. Little baby bunnies. I don't know. Uh, and so <laughs> they were raising them. And much to our surprise, they actually kind of thrived. So there were these moments that they would celebrate. And what we see in scripture right now is a celebration. We see a celebration by the Israelites. And I'll get into that. And we're talking about celebrating tonight. But I want to talk about this story for a second because they celebrated every milestone of development of these bunnies. This one uh, young lady, she was like ecstatic. She'd come in and be like, oh my gosh, the bunnies, they're getting fur. They're getting fur. Like, well, they're bunnies. And she's like, yeah, but that means they're growing. I'm like, yay, bunnies have fur, you know. And uh, then she was all excited because the, the bunnies opened their eyes one day. And they opened their eyes and they were all excited. And the bunnies started to hop. And, and back then, uh, there were these things called cameras. They were disposable cameras. You guys know that, right? Yeah, if you're married. So if you were married way back when we were, you had disposable cameras on everybody's table at your wedding because that was crazy, right? Um, if you don't get it, ask your parents. It's super entertaining. Or your grandparents. Why not? I'll just put myself in that category. Um, in any case, they were, we'd had to wait until the photos would be developed. So they, they would take pictures of these bunnies and then they would come in and be like, look, it's opening its eyes. And they're like showing these physical photos. We're like, yay. And uh, every moment, Excited, the bunnies were going to the bathroom. Yay! The bunnies blinked. Yay! And uh, it was getting closer and closer to the day that we would release the bunnies. And so I remember that day well. We went to the back of campus. 
And uh, the two young ladies were there, and they had their bunnies, and they're like, all right, we're going to let it go. And the first uh, young lady opened up their little cage that they had the rabbit in, and the rabbit hopped out and looked around at everybody, kind of sniffed around, and then hopped away. And as they hopped away, everybody's cheering, and then this hawk came down. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm joking. I am kidding. It was a cat. The cat was fast. No, I'm, I'm joking. No. It was a car coming around campus. No. I'm done now. It got away. It was fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> some of you guys are like horrified looking at me like, like, come on, are you serious? But some of you sickos seem a little disappointed that the bunny made it. <laughs> That's weird. Anyway, the bunny was fine. It hippity hopped into the grass and started eating and it was cute and everybody's like, yay, they're cheering around and stuff. Um, and, and the reason I, I share the story, and, and there's more to the story, it's really a story of two bunnies. <laughs> but the reason I share the story is because the question I want to ask you as we move into the talk a little bit further is, what is your reason to celebrate? What is your reason to celebrate? In this season, it was like every milestone that this bunny experienced, this Young lady was excited to celebrate, and everybody would celebrate with her. It was kind of weird, but it made sense in the grander scheme of things. It was like we were a part of something bigger than ourselves. We wanted these bunnies to thrive. In fact, we believe they're still with us, thriving somewhere in Pennsylvania as we speak. (laughs) They're very old. So just for the stories, for the kids that are wondering, they're fine. Uh, (laughs) We celebrate for lots of reasons. In this world, we celebrate for a lot of different reasons. Those celebrations last days at most. Sometimes they last weeks, but for the most part, our celebrations are seasons. They're seasons, but they don't sustain us, right? A celebration comes to an end. It has a conclusion. In fact, sometimes the thing we celebrated in the past is now the source of pain or heartache for us. Meredith was so happy on our wedding day. (laughs) Now it's a source of pain and heartache. No, I'm kidding. No, but you know what I mean? Like those moments that we are so excited about because we thought that that celebration would sustain us. But we know as we get older, the celebrations don't sustain us. They're peaks and valleys. We're excited and then we're upset. We're elated and then there's a difficulty. There's good news, then there's bad news. Then there's good news again. And sometimes we feel like we're just kind of a gerbil on a wheel going through the motions of life, waiting for the other foot to drop. What's going to hurt us next? Last season was maybe a great Christmas. This season, not so much, or vice versa. There's moments of our past that we look back to and desire. I wish it was just as simple as then today. And don't misunderstand me. We should celebrate things. I'm not trying to disparage celebrating. In fact, at Centerway, one of our because and therefores, one of our purposes for existing, one of our values is celebration. So I'm not saying celebration is wrong at all. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm asking for a moment, just for a window of time, the the next 15 minutes or so, 10 to 15 minutes, that you would just reflect on your reason. What is your reason for celebration? What is your reason for celebration? Is it fading? Is it going to be here for a moment and then gone tomorrow? Let's read for a second verse 21. I'm going to reread it. It says this. It was eaten, meaning the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb was eaten by the people of Israel who had returned from exile and also by everyone who had joined them and separated himself from the uncleanness of the peoples of the land to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. So we see a celebration of Passover, 
A celebration of Passover, which is a celebration of freedom. And what's interesting is that non-Israelites are welcome to join in the celebration. That's what scripture says. It's not simply the Israelites, but non-Israelites are part of the celebration. So this clarifies something, and it points to something. It clarifies that Passover is about more than freedom. Because the others that joined them weren't in exile. So they weren't just celebrating their freedom. They had no reason to. They were never in exile. So why are they celebrating? They're celebrating the faithfulness of God while they're in a season of darkness. So while they're in a season of darkness, they're celebrating God. For some of us, that resonates. For others of us, that confuses us. Why would we celebrate in a season of difficulty? In fact, isn't this just a transactional relationship? God does what we want, so we celebrate him then. But when he doesn't do what we want, we don't celebrate him. You see, that's problematic, right? That's a a reason why a lot of people don't believe there is a God. Because when difficulty comes, and it will, we think, "Where where are you, God? Where were you then? And it's a misappropriation of a, of a theology that says God is present even in the midst of the pain. So it clarifies Passover, but it also points to something. Eric actually said it best this past Sunday, if you were with us. If not, you can check it out. This past Sunday, he said, the gospel is not exclusive, but it is specific. So it's not exclusive. All, all are welcome to have relationship with God, but it is specific that is contingent upon relationship with Christ. Scripture says all who call upon the name of Jesus will be saved. So the choice is ours. The choice is in our hand. Will we respond to the truth of the gospel? Will we respond to the wooing of the Lord? You see, the story of the gospel provides us with a choice and the linchpin of that choice began when Jesus was born in a manger. That's what Christmas is about. And listen, every major religion in the world says, I'll show you how to find God. Whether it's inside of you or out there, let me show you how to find God. But Jesus said, I am God who has come to find you. That's the gospel. That's the difference. That's an entirely different statement to say, I am God. And because I love you, I will step into time. I will live the life that you cannot live. And I will die the death that you deserve so that you can now have access to God the Father. Not contingent upon your own behavior on your best days, but even in the midst of your darkest and worst days, you can have access to the living God because of the person and work of Jesus. That is the power of Advent. So let's go on. Verse 22, it says, And they kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy. For the Lord had made them joyful. And had turned the heart of the king of Assyria to them so that he aided them in the work of the house of God, the God of Israel. They're celebrating because God has changed the heart of a king to not only help them build a temple, but now has flipped the bill for the whole thing. They have done improbable. They are free and they are now free to worship and they're free to worship a temple that was built by a God that does not believe, by a king that does not believe in their God so that they can have relationship and access to him. Their joy was found in the Lord. Their joy was found in the Lord. Ah, gosh, doesn't that sound like just Christian talk? Like, 
like almost cheesy. I remember when I was growing up, we had this little sign on the wall that we would put up at Christmas time. My mom would put it up. It was very well-meaning, but it would say, Jesus is the reason for the season. Amen, brother. I was like, what does that even mean? I didn't connect the dots. You see, there's all this Christian jargon that we can apply, but if we don't really understand what it is that we're communicating or what we're articulating, it rolls off the tongue, but it doesn't resonate with the heart. So it's real easy to say that joy is found in the Lord. How do we find joy in the Lord when things aren't going the way we want? How do we find joy in the Lord when it seems like we're in the darkest of valleys? When it feels like we're alone in the midst of a crowded room? Don't miss it. It's not because of what God did that they find joy. It's not what he did for them. It says this. It says, and, and he had turned the heart. So it was, and had turned the heart of the king of Assyria. So they were celebrating. They were joyful and they got what they wanted. It doesn't say, if you, and I looked in the original Hebrew, it doesn't say they worshiped him and were joyful because of what he had done. It says they were joyful and he had done this. In other words, they were rejoicing even in the midst of circumstances potentially not going their way. It was just a benefit. It was just an added bonus that things went the way they wanted, but there was joy either way because their joy was found in God. Listen, if your joy is connected to God and his faithfulness, then it transcends your current circumstances. It transcends it. That's why it's not just a Christian statement to say, it's not just church talk to say that you can find joy in the Lord. If your joy is placed in God, then his, in his faithfulness, then it transcends. It goes beyond the difficulty of your circumstances and your situation. If God isn't your reason to celebrate, then what are the implications? You're on the roller coaster. If God's not the reason to celebrate, you see, because Jesus is a stabilizing factor. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever is what what scripture says. And so if it's caught up in this season, then you're going to go on the roller coaster ride. And when things are good, it's going to be great. And when things are tough, you're going to be devastated. And at best, all you'll do is shake your fist at the heavens and say, my difficulty is evidence of your non-existence. But there's a whole nation that says our slavery in the midst of the pain and difficulty is a result of sinful people. But we will continue to worship and be faithful to you, God. And generations later experienced freedom and they experienced freedom and celebrated because of access to God, not because of their circumstances. It seems impossible. It seems counterintuitive. If we're not careful... Our capacity to celebrate will be linked to our circumstances and what we want. We can only be joyful if we get what we want. We can only be happy if things are going our way. If our wallets are full, if our bank account is full, if our kids are behaving, if, if all the things are falling into place, then man, we're happy. But if not, we're devastated. You see, sometimes our pain is induced by our perspective and our expectation. It's kind of bad news. <laughs> But it's also good news, right? It's good news in the sense that 
our perspective and our expectation is within our control. So we can be victimized by our circumstances and our situations, or we can address our perspective and our expectations. So, second bunny. We've got two bunnies. <laughs> Some people are like, that bunny got eaten. <laughs> that bunny, when it's time to release, the journey for that bunny was entirely different. The destination should have informed how they functioned. But that other girl, she didn't celebrate every season. We'd go into the mess hall, or was it mess hall? I don't know, cafeteria. Why did I say mess hall? Was I in the military? That was crazy. I said mess hall. I was like, that's not the word. The cafeteria for all us civilians. We, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So we go into the cafeteria and one girl is elated, celebrating, showing pictures of every milestone. The other girl, devastated. Crying. My baby, my baby rabbit has fur. Like, uh, should it not have fur? <laughs> and she's like, no, but you know that like, it's getting older and that means that the more fur that it has, the sooner it's gonna leave. Every milestone, she was devastated because it was getting closer and closer to the time that she would have to say goodbye. And so when the, when the bunny opened its eyes, it wasn't a time for celebration or picture taking. She cried. In fact, she was so devastated, she missed and skipped all of her classes that day. <laughs> stayed stayed in, the, in her apartment so that the bunny could just see her all day. It was amazing. <laughs> I had so many thoughts. Most of them I kept to myself. She was devastated. You see, the destination should inform how we function. But if your destination is the expectation that your will will be fulfilled, then every moment comes with pain because there's this inevitable, unexpected reality she didn't want to give the bunny away. She wanted the bunny to stay with her. She wanted to keep the wild bunny. <laughs> she talked to her parents about keeping the bunny. They said, you're insane. I'll report you to the campus if you try to keep that bunny. She was trying to go against all the rules of, of kind of common sense in nature. She wanted to retain and control this bunny. But my first friend had a perspective a perspective that the only reason she had this money was to prepare it to go out into the wild, to prepare it for its next season of life. You see, when we're trying to impose our will and we're living for this life the way we think it should be, then every milestone becomes more and more painful reminder that you're not in control of much of anything. Every milestone of your life is just a further indicator that you don't have nearly enough stuff, that you don't have nearly enough friends, that no matter how much money you have, it's not enough, <laughs> that no matter how new your vehicle is, someone has some vehicle newer, and the new vehicle that you've got is not the one you really wanted because there's a nicer model or a better version. And there's a better school and there's a better job and there's a higher promotion and there's a prettier husband. I was gonna say wife, but I'll die if I say that. <laughs> I, I just Because it's, it's not true because it's not true. No, I'm just kidding. There's a better looking husband, right? Like there's all, the, not for her, but you know what I'm saying. So 
all these phases of life. They create pain points. Why? Because you're trying to impose your will in every moment and season of your life. And you will play that game until you breathe your last because here's the deal. The reason you live your life is not for the purpose of your comfort here. The reason we live our lives is because we are created for eternity. And when we have a different perspective and a different expectation and we live for eternal things and we understand that we can have access to a sovereign, living, loving God, then suddenly every milestone can be celebrated because we're not living for here. It's just an added bonus. God, I can't believe you're blessing me this way. I can't believe that I get to be a part of what you're doing in and through this world. I can't believe that you're leveraging my life, my talent towards your glory. God, I'm so excited to live this life for you. You see, because we can get wrapped up in all the things we can't control. If you're like, no, I think I got my life under control. We could just talk about politics for a second, split the room right down the middle. There'll be people cussing. It'll be crazy. (laughs) The kids will never forget that Christmas, right? Because there's things we don't control but we're not called to control. We're called to make disciples. We're called to live our lives in line with the truth of the gospel. We're called to live with eternity in perspective. Some of us are trying to create heaven on earth. And if you try to create heaven on earth, you will forever look at every milestone as a point of pain and hurt and confusion. Why? Because heaven is not intended to be on earth until Jesus returns and makes all things new. So you see, we live for eternity, and that changes our perspective. That changes everything. Suddenly, if we're living with eternity in mind, even the painful moments have purpose because they can be celebrated. God is faithful in the midst of the darkest valley. With tears running down our face, we can say, but God is still present. And I can have a joy that passes all understanding, a peace that passes all understanding. And look at the people around and say, how do you have peace right now? How do you have joy? Why? Because I'm not living for comfort here. I have an eternal perspective. I have the end in mind. There's a lesson that can be learned from those bunnies. You see, if we're living for eternity, then we can celebrate the glimpses of God at work. Even the painful moments. If this is it, if this is all there is, is just this life, then things should be mourned as pain without purpose, right? If this is it, if this is it, then my gosh, the devastating moments are far more devastating. Your aloneness is real. The stuff you don't have, you will never have. Your socioeconomic condition, the reality of your life is your lot. And that is it. Can you? That, that is abusive. That is painful. That will unseat your heart. But what if? What if for a moment? What if the truth of Jesus coming in a manger is a reality? What if Jesus did, in fact, enter time and space, the son of the living God, and lived the life that we couldn't, and then turned and died on a cross for you, for me, and suddenly our entire perspective gets to change to something eternal and greater than this world. Suddenly, your life has meaning. Your talent has purpose. Everything that you do is greater than yourselves. You're a part of something larger. 
You see, if you understand that, then because of the person and work of Jesus, we, you included, can have access to God and a peace and a joy that passes all understanding, a stabilizing reality in your life. And that, my friend, is a reason to celebrate. That's why we celebrate in light and in darkness, because Jesus is the stabilizing foundation of our life. I want to challenge you to have an eternal perspective. I want to challenge you to consider the implication of what if. I want you to to leave this place. If you don't believe that there is a God, I'm so grateful that you're either here or joining us online. But if you don't even believe there is a God, just consider the implications. What if it's true? What if it's all true? We say every time we gather that the text requires something of us, that it has implications in our lives. And so I want to ask you a question that as we respond in worship in just a moment, we sing some Christmas carols and just enjoy the night and have some awesome, what I believe to be called cozy refreshments, which I don't understand, but I hope they deliver. And the night goes on. I want you to consider this question. How will I celebrate the Lord? How will I celebrate the Lord? What does it look like? What does it look like in your life to celebrate the Lord? So if you would, just for a moment, bow your heads. And I just want you to bow your heads so the worship team can make their way forward. And as we get close to responding in songs and continuing on with the evening, I just want you to consider that maybe celebration for you could look like surrender. That celebration for you could look like making a choice to following God to committing a new year, that 2024, all things will be different. And so in the quietness of your mind right now, I'm not going to require you to go through anything. I'm not going to make anybody stand up or embarrass anybody or anything like that. Nothing like that. In the quietness of your own mind right now, if you want to make a decision to surrender your life to Christ, it's as simple as praying a prayer in the quietness of your mind. And the prayer is something along the lines of acknowledging that Jesus died for you, that you're a sinner. And so in the quietness of your mind right now, you could say, I'm, I'm a sinner, Lord, but you died for me. Would you forgive me of my sin? Come and be the Lord and leader of my life. And if that's you and you're praying that prayer for the first time tonight, I would welcome you to have a conversation with us as to what the next steps could look like. So it's not just an emotional response, but that it's the beginning of a journey that changes every day moving forward. A stabilizing factor that clarifies the purpose for which you were born. And if you want, I'll be around the Next Steps area at the conclusion of tonight's gathering and you can ask questions about what your next steps could be right in this space. If you're watching or listening live or online, you can click request prayer right now. You'll go into a private conversation with one of our pastors and they'll talk to you about the decision that you just made. If you're watching or listening later on, you can always reach out to us via email or through our website. We'd love to talk to you about next steps as you navigate this beginning journey of your life. For others of us that aren't ready to make that decision, again, I just want to challenge you to to maybe ask, what if? What if it's all true? For others of us in this space, as we go into some songs, I want to challenge you, maybe celebrating the Lord looks like drawing near to him. Maybe it looks like adjusting your perspective. Adjusting your perspective and saying, God, I just want to be close to you. I want to know you. And in this season, I want joy from you. I want to find a peace in you in the midst of the unknown, in the, midst of the, in the midst of maybe tears streaming down my face, that you would be the stabilizing factor in my life, that I would know your comfort, that I'm not alone. 
So I'm going to seal this time in prayer, and then we're going to go into a time of response and song. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, and we're grateful that we have the opportunity to gather, to celebrate the the cuteness of our kiddos, the opportunity to, to celebrate this Christmas season. And I pray that as we go throughout this evening, that we would acknowledge the reality of something of eternal perspective at play, that we would not settle for a lesser version of our one and only life. And so we declare ourselves available and we ask that your presence would be made known, draw near to us, Lord. In your precious name we pray, amen, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Amen. Would you stand with us? We're going to sing two probably familiar Christmas songs, but as we say, don't lose the heart and the truth in these songs. Let's offer it as a celebration to the Lord.
and then we can uh, get to those refreshments. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're grateful. We're grateful that you are present, that you chose to draw close to us. And Lord, that, that we have the ability to draw close to you. And so we lean in this holiday season. We lean in and we ask that you would change and reorient our perspective. That you clarify our expectations, that our hearts and minds would be focused on eternity. That you would lead us and guide us. That you'd protect us as we go our separate ways. And bring us together safely on the 31st to join and worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me give you a little bit of instruction just so you guys are aware. This coming Sunday, uh, Christmas Eve, is time for you to spend with your family. And so we encourage you to do that. Uh, we will not have a gathering that Sunday morning. We will do a replay of this gathering. If you want to get friends and family together to watch us online at 10 a.m., it will be a replay of this. Um, otherwise, we will see you on the 31st, the last day of the year. It's going to be a great celebration. You won't want to miss it. So see you on the 31st at 10 a.m. Stick around, grab some refreshments and some tasty, cozy snacks. And And uh, there's also a photo booth out in the lobby if you haven't taken advantage of that yet. God bless you and Merry Christmas.